Well, please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and the title of our message this morning is Connections. Connections. Ephesians chapter 4, please. As you're turning there, the book of Ephesians is divided into two sections. Ephesians chapters 1 to 3 describe what Christ has done. And then Ephesians chapters 4 to 6 describe what we as his people who have been saved by Christ should do. How we should live, how we should walk. How we should walk out the very salvation that Christ has purchased for us described in chapters 1 to 3. So, for the discerning reader, you will note that we are beginning the second section of the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 4 verse 1. I'm reading from the ESV. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling by which you have been called. You can just see Paul looking back to chapters 1 to 3. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. You getting the idea here? One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us, according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill All things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Lord, help me to preach this message with your anointing and help my friends to hear it with the same anointing that we might apply it, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So, section 1 of the book of Ephesians, chapters 1 to 3, speak of what Christ has done, how he has saved us by uniting us to himself. These are commonly called the gospel indicatives or the gospel facts. The second section is comprised of chapters 4 to 6, and they speak of us, the church, what we are to do, or as it says here in chapter 4, how we're to walk based on what Christ has done. These are commonly called the gospel imperatives, commands, or acts. The gospel facts of what Christ has done, revealed in chapters 1 to 3, lead to the gospel acts of what his people, the church, are to do, revealed in chapters 4 to 6. Here's the point. Gospel facts lead to gospel acts. Gospel facts lead to gospel acts. That's the way God ordained it. And the very first gospel act we are commanded to do, based on what Christ has done, is to be connected to him. Ephesians 4 begins with the phrase, quote, I therefore, unquote, connecting what Christ has done with what he commands us to do. Christ commands us to be connected, or as it says here in 4.1, to maintain the unity of the Spirit based on the fact that there is one body, one Spirit, one hope, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Friends, what this scripture is teaching us is that if you are connected to Jesus Christ, then you must be connected to one another in the body of Christ. That's the very metaphor. That's the figure of speech that God chose to use here through Paul to describe his church. We are the body of Christ. The body is an apt metaphor. It's an apt figure of speech to describe us. For God's command that we be connected is seen most clearly in a body. If there was anything that characterizes a body, it's its interconnectedness. I mean, here's my body. It's all connected. It may not always be working, but it's connected by definition. 60,000 miles of blood vessels connect the inner workings of our physical bodies. To put that into perspective... The distance around the earth is about 25,000 miles. So if you connect up our blood vessels, they would go around the earth over two times. And those blood vessels, they carry oxygen to every part of my body, but especially to my brain, which sends out nerve impulses at speeds as fast as 170 miles per hour to the 200 muscles I just used to take one step. 
verse 12 of Ephesians 4, tells us that we are the body of Christ. And verse 15 tells us that the head of the body is Christ. And then verse 16 describes the nerve impulses he sends to each one of us, the different parts of the body, in order to coordinate us together that we might walk, chapter 4, verse 1, walk in a manner worthy of your calling, that we might walk as a mature man in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. goes on to say in, in, in verse 15, we are to speak the truth in love to one another. We are to grow up in every way into Christ, the head from whom the whole body is joined together. And Christ commands each part to work properly, verse 16, so that the body builds itself up in love. Do you see the connectedness of the body metaphor? Do you see the command to be connected by our Lord in Ephesians 4, 11 to 16? The picture is literally of a person. Think of the illustration that I gave you that it takes 200 muscles for me to take one step. And then imagine this, the average person takes 10,000 steps a day. Imagine how many impulses are racing back and forth between my brain and those 200 muscles so that I might walk in a coordinated fashion. As a matter of fact, when we say someone is impaired, drunk, we basically do so based on the fact that they can't walk a straight line. When a baby is learning to walk, like my little one-year-old granddaughter, Annabelle, She looks like a drunken sailor. Now that may be cute with a one-year-old, but it's sad when the church, metaphorically speaking, looks like a one-year-old or a drunken sailor when she's trying to walk out the gospel together. You see, the church, we are called in Ephesians 5 to no longer be connected or to no longer be drunk with wine, but to be filled in the Spirit, to be so connected that that we're not impaired, but we're walking the straight line. And we're called here in Ephesians 4 to stop walking as children. Buffeted by the waves, or like Annabelle. She looks like Frankenstein when she's walking No, we're called to walk as a coordinated, mature man to represent the fullness of Christ to this earth. And they're watching us. Are they seeing a drunken sailor, a little one-year-old, or a man, a young man that's learning how to walk? And he's walking strong. And we're connected. And the muscles are firing. And the neurosynapses are firing. And the muscles are getting the impulses. And we're beginning to walk coordinated. Maybe even run. In order for us to do that, in order for us to walk as a mature man, in order for us to mature in manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, we must, we must, church, be connected. 
receiving the impulses from the brain, Jesus Christ, obeying those impulses and doing our part in the church together, connected. For you to receive those impulses from Christ and act upon them, you must first be connected to Christ and then to one another. So here's the question. Are you connected? This is the question God is asking all of us from Ephesians 4, 1 to 16. And it is the question that we have sought to answer as an eldership leadership team in our new mission statement derived from this passage. We have prayed and we've studied this passage and and what we feel like the Lord is, is saying to us, this is your mission statement, Palm Vista Community Church. You need to be about the business. Every member needs to be about the business of connecting people to God, one another, and neighbor through Jesus Christ. Connecting people to God, one another, and neighbor through Jesus Christ. See, the question that Jesus Christ, the head of the church, which is his body, asks you this morning, are you connected in order to connect others so that my body, and the Lord is saying this, grows into the fullness of my stature on earth, and you speak the truth about me? I'm not a halting, drunken man or a little baby, but a mature man Representing Christ. This is God's command on all of us this morning, dear friends. Clearly from this text, clearly from the book of Ephesians, clearly if you study chapters 1 to 3, it is Jesus Christ who is the one who connects us to God, one another, and neighbor. Jesus establishes the basis for our ongoing vitality, church, our connection, what we call community, community groups. And it's the gospel of Jesus Christ properly functioning in us that propels us toward God, one another, and neighbor. If you are not being propelled toward God, one another, and neighbor, then the gospel is simply not functioning properly in you. As your pastors and leaders, the men gifted by God described in verse 11 here to bring the ministry of the word of God to you, we are charged with equipping you, preparing you, enabling you so that the gospel functions properly in you and through you to do the gospel ministry of connecting people to God, one another, and neighbor through Jesus Christ. Hence our mission statement. The essence of what Palm Vista is all about. What we all are called to do. What we all must hold as priorities in our lives together as a church is that we obey the nerve impulses sent by Christ, the head, to us, the body, so that with smooth coordination, we take step after step and we're about his business of connecting people to God, one another, and neighbor through Jesus Christ. That's our mission statement. Ephesians 4.12 
actually calls each member, not just the leaders, each member to take the step of doing the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Just read it to you again. Verse 12. Start with verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. You do the ministry. This passage calls each member to be a gospel minister, bearing the fruit of the gospel. Jesus is the gospel, and the gospel is the power of God for salvation. It equips us. It gives us hope. It motivates us. It is what we take to people so that they can be connected to God, one another, and neighbor. This means that motivated and empowered by the gospel of Jesus Christ and equipped by your pastors and leaders, you must, friend, you must be about the business of connecting people to God, one another, and neighbor through Jesus Christ. For he alone can provide the grace to do just that. Jesus connects us to God. Jesus connects us to one another. And Jesus connects us to neighbor. And he sends us out to then make those connections with others. But for you to connect others, you must first be connected to God, one another, and neighbor. Are you? Are you connecting people to God, point one? It's the first point of our mission statement. Are you connecting people to God? This question from God, of course, assumes what? You're connected to God. So I say this with all respect. If you are here this morning, and perhaps you are not a believer, Christianity might be new to you, or you're agnostic, you're not sure. I so respect the fact that you're here. Thank you for being here. I would appeal to you that Jesus came from heaven to earth to live the perfect life that you could never live, to fulfill the law of God that you could never fulfill. And then he died a horrible death on the cross to pay the penalty for your rebellion against God. Because you owe God obedience. He's your creator. And none of us give it to him. And then he rose from the dead on the third day. And he ascended into heaven and he's exalted at the right hand of the Father. Though you may not see him, he is there. He's here by the Spirit. And I appeal to you, be connected to God through Jesus Christ by faith in him alone. But I imagine I'm probably speaking to most of you who are connected. You, You have believed in Jesus Christ for salvation, but right now, you're not living as a connected person. You may feel really disconnected, which your feelings do not certify reality. But in fact, you may not be seeking God. You may not be reading the Bible. You may not be praying. You may be living in open rebellion. I appeal to you. Be connected to God. But again, I think that's a small number of us. I think, I think for the vast majority of us, I can say, well done. You are connected to God, but that's not enough. This text tells us that's not enough. 
For God says it's not enough for you to be a good little Christian, connected to God, going all the time to church, giving your money, serving in the church, doing those things that others don't want to do. Great, that is good, but that's not enough. God's called you to be a connector. You're a connectee. Christ has connected you. Now he wants you to be a connector, connecting others to God. We can do this in many ways. I think of evangelism. If we are interacting with unbelievers, I think of David Rios doing his Bible uh, study class at work there in Starbucks. I think of many people are probably right now sitting there thinking to me, Al, how can I connect others to God? Well, here's some thoughts for you. Begin to know and pray for the people that you're closest to that wouldn't be believers. And then ask God for the boldness with some help, maybe from others. Grab others and connect them to yourself as you go try to connect them to God in Jesus Christ. And just ask if you can talk about your faith. Or look around you in this church because God is calling you and me to connect others to God that are believers, but perhaps they're going through difficult times or they need some encouragement. And so another way is to take an interest in the church and people in the church. They might need help reading the Bible. They might need help understanding what they've read. They might need help to learn how to pray. Make it your mission to connect them to God. Don't just say, I'm going to be connected to God, sort of passively. But I'm not going to be initiating. I'm looking, how can I help others be connected to God? Here's another idea for you. We have a prayer meeting this Wednesday night. To connect people to God, I realize is something Jesus does, but he uses the means of others, the church, and prayer. Consider how you can help connect others to God by helping them get there, encouraging them to come, sitting next to them, praying with them, preparing your hearts for that time. Maybe deciding to fast together. God will use you to connect others. And that is what he's called you to do. Connect others to God. That's what Ephesians 4 is talking about when it says every joint supplies that which brings growth to the body in verse 16. Are you connecting people to God? Are you connecting people to one another? Point two. Now, obviously that assumes that you're connected to one another. And I do appeal to you to be connected to one another here in this church. And it's speaking of the church in a vital way, in a life-giving way, in a way that ministry can flow back and forth and care can flow back and forth between you and them and them and you. That kind of connection is one forged by Christ alone. But then he calls us to be connecting others. That's what it means when it says there in verse 15, speak the truth or the gospel to one another. Here, Palm Vista, the practical way we seek to foster those connections is through community groups. So I urge you to join a community group if you're not in one. And if you're in one, I urge you to attend. 
It's commanded, I believe, in this passage, to be connected. And this is a means of grace to be connected. And without us being connected, we will have halting walk. We will not grow as we should. If my hand were cut off and laying over in the hallway, it would not be connected to my body. So when my brain sent the neural impulse to reach up and help Mario with something, I go to reach up and help him, and there's no hand there to obey that neural impulse. It's useless unless it gets reconnected to the body. And so are you, if you only see people on Sunday. How can you serve them when Jesus sends the impulse? Or how can you pray for them if you don't go to community group where they share their prayer need? I realize that some can do that by phone, and that's fine. I realize there are personal relationships here that are very vibrant. That's good. But if I'm reading Ephesians 4 correctly, it's a body thing. It's not enough just for you to be connected to one another. Jesus then calls you to connect people to one another. So it's not enough just for you to go to community group. God calls you to connect people to one another and encouraging them enthusiastically to go to community group. How can that happen? Well, you can offer to pick them up. You can give them a call on community group night and say, hey, I know it's been a tough week, but this is where God has called us to connect because he connected us to himself in Christ. And as I read Ephesians 4, I realize that as a Christian, as a part of the body of Christ, I am connected and therefore I should be connecting. So let's go connect the body and let's build the body, shall we? Let's go work out. Let's build the body. What are you building, dear friend? I'm now 56, I'll be 57 this month. I have found myself driving by places, because I grew up in Miami, and vivid memories are coming back. Which, if you know me, is a miracle, because I have a horrible memory. I'm talking about conversations, I'm talking about faces, I'm talking about, now this is my life type video. I was like thinking, Lord, I'm not about to die. I heard people are about to die have these kind of experiences. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not sick. I'm fine, you know. But it's caused me to think, what have I built? What have you built? What are you building now? A sand castle on the, on the shifting sands? Or a multi-story skyscraper? with a solid foundation. No, it's easier to build a sandcastle. Got your shirt off, you got the suntan lotion on, you're sitting at the beach, it's fun. Hard to build that multi-story skyscraper or even building. Listen to what Jesus said when Peter uttered the great confession of Matthew 16. I believe I have it on the screen. Matthew 16, 16 to 18. 
Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, not on Peter, but on his confession that Jesus is the Christ, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Based on the confession of Christ, will you build the church? Because that's what Jesus is doing. Will you obey the nerve impulses that are trying to cry out to you and say, get off the couch, go. Make the phone call. Stir yourself up. Get the hard hat on. Get the boots on. I know you've got calluses. More to come. But build the church. Let's coordinate the body. Let's work out. Because it's about Jesus and his name and what we represent to this culture. It's not about me. Oh, Christ is sending the nerve impulses, friends. He's sending them to you right now through this message. <laughs> I know it's kind of like a toothache for some, huh? Sending them through others in your life, your own conscience. Don't turn them off. Don't turn them off because you don't want to be a 60, 50, 60, 70-year-old man and look back and say, all I built was just a bunch of little sandcastles to my pleasure, to my little dreams, to whatever little hobby was floating my boat at that moment, to whatever football team happened to be winning, to whatever Miami Heat championship season I can go watch, uh, to whatever you know, fortune I could try to amass. And you're going to go, you're going you're to look back and you will regret that. But you will not regret being a prisoner of Christ and building as he directs you and connecting with people who maybe you don't feel super connected with, but since you're connected with Jesus and he connects us, then therefore that trumps all the other differences, ethnic, color, socioeconomic, whatever. And we are connected in him, so we're connected to one another, but then we have to be connecting. So are you connecting people to God? Are you connecting people to one another? And number three... Are you connecting people to neighbor? Now, we're using the word neighbor there as the Bible would, connecting to the outside world. Loved your neighbor. Good Samaritan. He was a good neighbor. Someone he didn't know. This is the world. You can, you can substitute that there. So I appeal to you. God wants you to be connecting people to neighbor. You first must be connected to neighbor. Be concerned for your neighbors. We should be the best neighbors we can be. That can take on so many aspects from literally neighbors on your block. It can start with just, hey, I actually know their name. Instead of saying, hey, hey you. Been here 14 years. <laughs> yeah, you. You know your name. Um, you know, it, it could start just working, working in your communities. It, it, it can start um, planning a block party, maybe a garage sale, block party garage sale. And uh, I don't know, or a party party block thing, you know, just close the street down and just wait till the cops come and throw you all in jail. That, you'll really be connected then. <laughs> I, I think of my friend Marcos Gonzalez. He's uh, vacationing with his family today, but uh, I love this email he sent me yesterday. Church picnic, October 13th. Sorry if this is a duplicate email. 
sends it anyways. Hello to all my family and friends. I pray this email finds you well. Yes, that's correct. We are bringing back the church-wide informal picnic at the Miami Lakes Park Sunday, October 13th. Skip down to the bottom. I don't have, every, every, I don't have everyone's email anymore, so please pass it on to any. He's connecting. And everyone in the church, the more the merrier. And as usual, guests are welcome. Actually, we encourage you to invite and bring guests, lots of them. It's, it can be that simple. It could be what Chris and Don George are doing with children battling cancer. They see their neighbor in need, children with cancer and the families that suffer, and they're connecting to them. It could be saying, how can we help you, Chris and Don? It could be Jeannie Pernia with Heartbeat of Miami. They're, they're having a major event here soon. You can go online, Heartbeat of Miami. There's numerous pregnancy help clinics that this woman is overseeing and saving thousands, literally thousands of babies over the years. So you can say, hey, you're connected to neighbor. Show me how to do that. And then when she shows you, then you bring, hey, come over here. I'm going to connect you to neighbor, and it's going to be through this. I mean, it could be as simple as have an international dinner. Invite, our church is an international church. I don't have to go look for anybody. Um, hey, you look like an international. And, um, and then bring in other people, and everybody cooks their own nation's specialty meal. Last night, Desi and I were at uh, Jasmine Martinez's house with her mom, Juana, her brother, Dennis. Uh, uh, Juana is Nicaraguan, but met her husband in Mexico, and they lived many years in Mexico. So they're Nicaraguans that grew up in Mexico, and so they cook Nica Mex, all right? Not Tex-Mex, Nica Mex. And I had, I had some incredible food last night. I'm still suffering a little bit from how much you know, churrasco I ate. I mean, it was amazing. We were just laughing about that. Team up with someone who's from Palm Vista in your neighborhood to do stuff like this. How about, how about if you think about taking one day a month and do hospitality? Start with your neighbors, someone in the church. Just invite them over. There are as many ideas to connect with neighbor, to connect with one another, as there are people in Palm Vista. It's not enough for you to be connected. God is calling you to be connecting others. In conclusion, Palm Vista Community Church exists to connect people to God, one another, and neighbor through Jesus Christ so that every member is a minister connecting people to God, connecting people to one another, connecting people to neighbor through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I I pray that this message would have fallen upon ears with grace, for that is my desire in preaching it. I realize I'm a man, I'm human. And if it came across in any way other than that, that you would just take that away. But Lord, what would remain would be the conviction of your spirit from your word, not Alpino's opinions. Lord, what does Ephesians 4 say, Father? What does it say to selfish Americans living independent lives, able to do so because of our relative wealth compared to the rest of the world? What does it say to a church that's low commitment, high expectation, consumer mentality? God, we are halting. We look like drunken sailors walking around the landscape of American Christianity. And the world looks at us and says, I'm not going there. I'm not getting in that guy's car. He's impaired. Or he's a child. I confess, Lord, I'm often a child wrapped up in me, pulling away from connections because it's just too hard. I don't like that one person. 
Not up for it. Don't feel like it. Just want to veg. God, forgive me. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that as a church, you would connect us. You would connect us. You would connect us. Jesus, you connected us to the Father. We could never do that on our own. Thank you. You've connected us to one another in the body. You're the head, we're the body. And you connect us with our neighbor. You say, open your eyes, look at the harvest field. It's widened to harvest. We just need more laborers. So Lord, do please connect us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.